Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. The 1950s commercial, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, man, welcome to Real Life. Uh, man, I'm Sean. I'm so happy you guys are in the house today. If you're new with us, man, you're honored guest. Uh, man, give up for new people new this morning. Come on. And we love you guys. It's going to be an exciting morning in the house. Man, you're going to have some, so much fun today. I also encourage you as we jump into this better series, we're in week two, and so uh, we're going to choose better. How many of you guys are excited about some better in your life? You need some better? Maybe you had a bad week, you need a, a better week. Some of you guys have had the best already, you know what I'm saying? But you need a better week in your life. So we're in a second part of a series called Better. We're going to look at verses that have the word better in it, go figure, and we're going to memorize a verse today. You guys ready for that? Well, last week it kind of tanked, so this week it, you guys are the crew, all right? So we're going we're gonna to memorize a verse, not so we hear the Word of God, but we know it, we can apply it to our life. I believe this day, this message is super, super powerful, and I believe it may be one of the best messages that we deliver this year for the change in our hearts. It has the potential to do some radical stuff in our life, and it really does. And I think about this as a warning I want to give, because what we're going to talk about today is going to hit everybody home, it's going to hit right where it counts, and I know for some of us we're going to go, man, amen, good job preacher, shout me down, and go all this stuff, you're going to feel like, man, there's some steps I need to take, we're going to walk out, and it's going to be like, Whew, this is difficult. Man, I'm not so sure I can take that step. But I want to encourage you, man, just be open to God as he's speaking to you this morning to take the steps he has for you as we choose better this morning. Because today you're going to learn a lesson. That lesson you can learn can be learned God's way or the hard way. But either way, there's a lesson that we're going to walk out of here with. And so I want to encourage you guys to listen to the voice of God today as we jump in to this part of better. All right, we're going to start with a serious question. How many of you guys like pizza? Where's my pizza people at? would love it. There you go. Man, you guys are like, you like order pizza, you're like, man, I get one slice and then it turns to two. Before you know it, you have half a pizza down and be like that. You know what I mean? Just going to be two little slices. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry's proud. He's not ashamed. How many of you guys, I just got curious, how many of you guys can eat a whole pizza? Eat a whole pizza. Dude, look at these guys, man. Uh, we're teenagers in the house, they eat like three or four pizzas. You know, so some of you guys, you have two pizzas, you eat the whole pizza, right? You think there's like 15 people in a party, but it's just you and that's it. You know what I'm talking about. It's kind of, it's kind of like the... Um, Oh, those Pringles, right? Once you pop, you just can't stop. You just got to finish the whole can, just eat through it. And today I want to talk about something that culture lies to us about. And this is something I really struggle with. I've struggled with my entire life. And I believe that's something that God is going to speak to us today with. And here's the lie. You may know it. Say if you know it. If one is good, two is better. Two is better. Man, if one is good, two is better. If one dollar is good, two dollars is better. Come on, somebody. Man, if one car is good, two cars are better, right? I mean, if one new pair of shoes is good... Two pairs of new shoes are better. One new pair of pants, right? How about one house is good, two houses are better? Come on, somebody. How about, how about one kid is good, two are... I don't know if it works that way, right? I don't know, man. How about one wife is good, two wives... <laughs> two wives are trouble, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're in trouble. I don't know what you're going to go with that. We're not going to go there this morning, but you know what? Solomon, man, he had like hundreds of wives in the Old Testament, you know what I'm talking about? So that is bad advice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, some, some seminary student asked his professor, he said, hey, why does why some have so many wives? And the professor, in all his wisdom, said, that when it comes home, he can find one in a good mood. <laughs> I'm just joking. You guys got to relax. You guys got to relax this morning. All right, we're going to take, can we have some fun this morning? Everybody's looking down at me. All the women are like. <laughs> Don't worry. My wife will get the microphone later, so. But she's not in here right now, so I can say what I want to say, man. We have fun today. Hey, this whole idea of one is good and two is better goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You can go back to creation. Man, God created everything and said it was good. And he created man. He formed from dust to earth and breathed the breath of life into him and created his image. And here's Adam. He's out there naming all the animals and doing his thing. And, dude, ain't nobody for me. 
God says, man, it's not good to be alone. So guess what? He put Adam in deep sleep. He pulled out a rib and he made Eve out of Adam's flesh. And Adam woke up and said, whoa, man. All right, it's an old preacher joke. Come on, somebody. Give me some love. Old preacher joke. But man, they had everything they needed, right? Everything they needed. I mean, they had all the stuff that God gave them. And God gave them one little simple rule. He said, hey, this tree over there, just don't eat the fruit of that one tree. But here comes the original sin, right? Here comes the sin that's going to change things forever. Satan enters the picture and he says, you know what? More is just a little bit better. More is just a little bit better. You know what? God is hiding them from you. There's more out there for you to find. You should eat of that fruit and partake of it. Man, it's going to change everything. It's going to open your eyes and be like God, man. More is better. This is the culture. This is the sin nature we possess that more and more and more is better. I'm here to tell you, to tell you something. More is not always better. All right, I was a youth pastor for 10 years. I took uh, some teenagers to a trip called, uh, to Dare to Share up in Lincoln, Nebraska. There's about 1,500 teenagers. And uh, we're in an auditorium, and we're sitting in the third row from the front, somewhere right in this section here. And, uh, man, this guy's preaching named Greg Steer. I mean, he is a gospel-filled preacher, man. It's a gospel-equipping conference. This guy's preaching down the house. I mean, you can hear a pin drop. You got 1,500 teenagers in the room. And George, I'm not going to tell you his last name because I don't embarrass the guy in case somebody knows him, but it's George Montag, just in case you want to know. And um, anyway, George, I think he's the band director out in Pleasant Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe. Uh, anyway, but if you, if you know him, if you know him, just tell him I told the story because I think it's funny. But he said next to me, I mean, this is the middle of the last closing night, like the God Spirit's moving. I mean, this is a big moment. And here's George. <laughs> Pukes on the girl in front of him, no joke, into her hair. It's down her letterman's jacket. And she stands up in the middle of this auditorium. Screaming and vomit's dripping off of her, and her friends are screaming, and the room spreads. And, and Greg Steer, he kind of sees it on stage, and he's like, Man, I'm preaching good. You know, he starts banging down the hammer, you know. And George, he turns, there's no front aisle, so he runs backwards, and it's like 50 feet for the first aisle. He's puking down the aisle, and you hear screams and people running, you know. And so I'm like, Oh, man, that was awesome, you know. <laughs> this girl's just devastated. And so I, I run out, and uh, I meet George in the bathroom, and uh, I mean, George is just a, he's a good old boy, but he's like, Man, I said, You okay? He's like, Yeah, I'm doing good. He's like, I ate too much pizza and candy. <laughs> more is not always better. And I got, man, George, I can't, I can't tell you more stories about George. I wish I could. But he puked the next year as well. Same thing, ate too much pizza. It was a long story. We shared a room in the hotel, and I woke up to the, the smell, the bright morning. <laughs> anyway, I got a great story. We'll share it some other time. But here's, here's my main thought for your day. It, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. We're going to jump into our verse for the day. It's found in Ecclesiastes 4, 6. And uh, we're going to talk about the verse a few times, and then we're going to work on it together. We're going to say it out loud so I mean, you guys pay attention see if you guys got this down. Ecclesiastes 4, 6. It says, Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls of toil in a chasing after the wind. Man, what does this mean? Better is one handful with peace. Come on, somebody. What is one handful with joy than two handfuls of stress and strife and chasing after the wind like a carrot in front of a donkey? You're never going to never be fulfilled, never be happy. Better is one handful of tranquility than two handfuls of toil and chasing after the wind. You guys ready to say this with me? Yeah. Okay, nobody's ready. I like it. Well, you better get ready because we're going to do this together. All right, Ecclesiastes 4, 6. You guys ready? No. No, okay. Well, we're going to do it anyway. Better is one hand of tranquility than two handfuls of toil and a chasing after the wind. Man, better is one handful, keep going, of tranquility than two handfuls. We're going to get... This is like a fifth grade band concert. <laughs> this is going terrible. But we'll get there, right? 
I got like parts over here in the wrong section over there, and it's way out of tune over there. But better is one handful of tranquility, right? I Man, it's better to have one handful than two handfuls of stress. I Man, why is it better to have one handful? I Man, why is it better to have one handful? I mean, think about it. You got one hand of something, you got one hand free. Come on, dude, I worked on that all week. <laughs> I'm a preacher. I work one day a week. I only work Sundays, man. I studied hard for that. <laughs> I'll stop. I'm snorting. I'm laughing so hard. Oh, man. I mean, you have one handful free. I mean, you have one hand free, right? You have one handful of something, you have one hand free. What can you do? I mean, you can encourage somebody, right? You give them a pat on the back. So you got a hand for a pat on the back. Maybe you're at church, right? You can hug somebody. You give them those side hugs. You know what I'm talking about, Christian side hugs. Right, somebody needs some help. You can give them a hand. Give them a hand up. You can help somebody. Man, somebody, you need a nap, baby, right? You, you need some rest. Come on, somebody. You got one hand free. I'm preaching. I know my wife is going to say, she's one of those people who still get a nap. She's, she's mad. You know what I'm saying? Just a mad nap person. So she has to get a nap. That's how it works. Uh, I don't understand that. But man, you can have time. But if you got two handfuls, what happens? Man, somebody needs some help. Guess what? You're like, praying for you, brother. Just too busy, right? Man, somebody needs some encouragement. You're like, man, God's good, isn't he? I can't be good to you too, but man, just, you know, God's going to do something, right? Or like you need, you, need to, you need to give somebody a hug. You're like, man, this is getting awkward. Like I still have time to, to be there for you, but I wish I did. Man, I wish I could be there and help you, but I'm just too busy. I just got too much going. Man, you want to take a nap? You want to get some rest? I've got too much. I've overcommitted. Man, I've got all this stuff I'm doing. I've got all these projects I'm running to. Man, I've got meetings. I don't know why I have a meeting because I had a meeting last time. So we have another meeting. I'm just going to run, 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 run. And you just have no time to do anything, man, because there's one handful of tranquility. Come on, somebody. One handful of peace and two handfuls of toil. Man, this morning we're going to talk about this. Jesus said in the New Testament, we talked about a few weeks ago in our bad advice series. But in Luke chapter 12, it says this. Then Jesus said to them, watch out. Somebody say, watch out. Watch out like that. Be on your guard. Man, be on guard because if you're not watching out for this, guess what? It's going to come around. It's going to kick you in the hiney. So be on guard of all kinds of greed. Be on guard against more. Just more of this and then more of that. And I need more of this and more and more. That's how our life is, right? We just kind of collect as much stuff as possible. Just more, more, and more. And why? And Jesus says this. He says, because a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You know, the most important things in your life you can't buy. You can't collect and you don't own. And so Jesus is like, don't fall in love with greed. Don't fall in love with more. As a matter of fact, the story goes on. This guy tore down his barns because they're just too small for all his stuff. And he builds more stuff and he stores it up. He says, I can eat, drink, and be merry. Man, I can go about my life. I'm going to take it easy. And Jesus says this about him. He says, that very night your life will be taken from you. Verse 21, it jumps down and Jesus says this. He says, this is how be with anyone, with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Man, it's going to be all of us that make the lesser things the most important thing in life. In other words, it's better to have less of what's not important. It's better to have less things and less stuff and less all this around us. And it's more important to have things that matter most in our life. So here's a question for you this morning. What matters most in your life? With what matters most? I want you to think about it. If you've got your phone, take it out. Get on the Version Bible app. Man, grab your communication card. I want you to write this down somewhere. Take it in your phone, write it down somewhere. I want you to write one, two, or three things in your life that matter most to you this morning. You gotta write down, everybody's like looking at me like, he's serious. He's gotta write something. Yeah, you gotta write something, you're thinking somebody's gonna look at your notes, nobody's gonna look at your notes, it's okay, nobody's gonna cheat on your test, but write it down. What is most important to you right now in your life? Maybe, maybe you need some help, maybe you're thinking, I'm not sure, I don't know what to write. Hey, okay, think about it this way. If you went to a doctor tomorrow, and you got some bad news, and they said, hey, guess what, you have, you have four-stage cancer, there's some things that aren't going well in your life, um, you know, you have 30 days to live. You have a month of life, maybe at best. Man, what would you do with your 30 days? What would you do with the time you had left? What would be the most important things you put on your schedule? Who would you hang out with? Where would you spend your time? 
What would you be thinking about? What are you gonna try to correct? What are you gonna look back on and wish you had done? What would you do if you had 30 days to live? Man, imagine some of you say the most important things in your life would be my relationship with God. Like, I just haven't been living right. Now, I've got to do things in my life to get right with God. Some of you say, man, my, my legacy, the legacy of Christ in my family. There's people in my, my family that don't know Christ. I'm going to make sure every person hears the gospel from me. Some of you guys are going to look out and say, I need to spend some time with my kids. There's probably some in your life that you've lost connection with, somebody that maybe some bitterness or some kind of jealousy. And you know what? I'm going to make things right. I have 30 days in my life to square things up because there's some things in my life I haven't done the way I should do. Some of you guys will look out and say, you know what? I want, to, I want to just serve as much as possible and make a difference. Some of you guys are going to think about how you can give back. Some of you guys are going to spend time with people you haven't spent time with in a long time. Spend time with your friends. Spend time with your family. I mean, these are all things you may write down. But you know what's not going to be on anybody's list? I mean, no one's going to say, man, I wish my bank account was like $100,000. Man, I wish I would have got the leather couch. Man, if I had that type of countertop. Man, I still wish my house was this big or had this much stuff or the make and model of my favorite car that's not parked in my garage or that high score you wanted to accomplish on the video game. Come on, somebody. Like, that's not going to make the list. Or how popular we were or if you had the latest phone or maybe you've had the stainless steel appliances. You know what's so sad in life? So we spend so much time. We spend so much time. This is you smiling over here. <laughs> Because you've got an oven that, that cooks for you. <laughs> you feel conviction. I'm just kidding. Or convection. I don't know what it is, right? <laughs> you knew it was coming, right? Man, but you know what's so sad? We spend so much time and energy just chasing things that don't matter. I mean, so much time. I think about Just look through your bank statement. Just think about the time you spend in your career and all the extra hours and all the stuff you do. And it doesn't even make the list. Like the things that are most important to you don't even cost a dime. The things that are most important to you are the things we push maybe farthest away from us. Man, it's so sad in our lives that we live all about stuff because we bought the lie that more is better. So I want to encourage you today, man. I want to encourage you to live a one handful life. To live one handful life so you have one hand free to do what God's calling you. Give me a couple thoughts and then two simple application points this morning. How do we live a one handful life? The first thing is this, that we let go of what doesn't matter. Come on, somebody say let go. We're going to let go. We're going to let go of what doesn't matter in our lives, man. Anything and everything that doesn't matter. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, right after the Hall of Fame of Faith, he says this, let us throw off what? Everything. everything. Man, you guys are wrong. Let's throw off everything. Everything. Anything that's not significant. Anything that hinders us from the race that God has for us. Anything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that God has for us. Man, I love this Greek word for, for throw off. Man, this Greek word means to cast down. Man, that's like a violent throw. I'd throw this microphone, but I don't want to buy another one. But you know those June bugs that come in in your house, or maybe you're out on the front porch and it's flying in your face, you know what I'm talking about? And you, boom, you throw down the June bug and it makes that sound on the concrete. Just me. Okay, I like that sound, by the way. The, I don't know, I can't make it. I can't do it. But anyway, that thing smacks the ground, a violent throw down. I mean, that's just supposed to do everything in your life that doesn't bring, doesn't bring what matters most. You're not in the direction that God's called you to go. I hope you guys know there's a race that God has for you. There's a race that God's planned for you. There's a purpose that God's put you here for. And everything that we surrender to, everything that we say we need more of, and it takes our time and our talent and our treasure and influence away from the thing that God has for us, I mean, we're drifting away from the race that God has. See, God's put you here for a purpose. There's something significant he's planned for your life. He's put you in this moment of history to make a difference. He's gifted you and graced you for a race that he has pre-planned for your life. And so when we sell out to something other than Jesus, guess what we're doing? We're hindering the race. We're not running with perseverance the race that God has for us. So I want to give you guys three quick phrases to help you guys throw off and run the race that God has for you. First thing is this, is cut back. Then we're going to talk about throw out, and then we're going to talk about turn off, but cut back. Cut back. Cut back on two things. Cut back on spending. Ooh, this is going to be a good message. 
Cut back on spending and cut back on schedules. Many of you think about, man, why am I cutting back on spending? Man, better is, better is one handful with more left over. Come on, somebody. The two handfuls of fights and stress and fear. Man, this is like the biggest thing we struggle with, right? It's better to have less but have more margin, amen? More margin without stress. Just spend a little less. It's better to have a little less in our hand but have the ability to be generous, the ability to bless somebody else, the ability to care for somebody in the moment of need, but you got two handfuls of life and the money's super tight. Man, God's called me to be a blessing, but that's the worst feeling in the world. It's not that you don't have money for yourself. It's you don't have money to bless somebody else. And God's calling us to be a blessing. You know, people who sacrifice for the church aren't the wealthiest people in the world. There's everyday people that just want to be a blessing. It means the sacrifice of everybody that makes a difference for the cause of Christ. It's not just somebody who says, man, I've got my left over. No, it's those people who say, you know what, I'm going to serve my, I'm going to go less. I'm going to serve more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to make a difference when somebody needs help. I'm going to give back to the purpose what God has for my life. I have room to breathe so I can give. You know, we need to cut back not only on our, on our spending, but on our schedules. Oh, man, right? We've got to say a hard no sometimes. How many of you guys love to say no? All right, you're like me, there's a few of us that maybe like say no, right? I mean, we got to learn to say no. We got to say no to good things. We got to say no to good things because we can only say yes to great things. So you got to say no to your schedule. You got to say no to some stuff in your life. I mean, when's the last time when somebody asked you how, how do you felt that you came back with something that was positive? I mean, how you feeling today? Usually it's like this, man, I'm really busy, I'm really busy. I'm just so busy. I'm busy. Oh, I, mean, I got so much going on. I'm busy and I'm, I'm tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of being busy and I'm busy being tired, right? This is, this is my whole life, right? It's like, man, I'm so busy. I catch myself saying, oh, man, I'm just busy. I'm busy. We got to cut back on our schedule. We got to say no. I mean, when's the last time I say, how you feeling? You're like, I'm so relaxed. I mean, I've got a date night with my wife. Come on, somebody, right? I've got time. I've got all my emails are down to zero. Inbox is empty. Come on. Who's got an empty inbox? One person. Do you have an email account? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, tr- I, I keep mine at zero, but I do mine like a different way than most people, but I keep it down at zero because I cannot stand that, that, that thing in there. It's like, that's not my to-do list. So it's going to go somewhere else. But like all your phone messages are caught up. Come on, you don't owe anybody a phone call right now. It's all done, right? Like everybody's caught up. Man, you got so much time in your life. I mean, you're hanging out with your kids. You're doing all this fun stuff. Man, nobody says that. It's like, man, I'm so busy. I can't make it. You know, for some of us, we got to say no to some stuff we've been saying yes to for a long, long, long time. We gotta say no to some good stuff in our life to do the best stuff. You guys made the list. Man, is the stuff you're doing with your time making that list? Is it making a list? You know, for me, I had to cut down on side projects. Man, I'm, I, like, I like getting my hands dirty and working on stuff, and people are like, hey, you wanna build a fence? Sure, you know. Hey, you wanna do this? Yeah. It's like I have all these tools which I should sell in like a truck, you know, so nobody can ask me, right? I did sell my trailer for that very purpose. I'm like, no one's borrowing my trailer. I'm not driving anybody. That trailer's going away right now. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I can't do it. I can't say yes to every project in the world. I love doing it, but I can't do it. I gotta cut back on my side projects, right? Uh, if you call me about a side project, I'll tell you, you can borrow the tools. And you can borrow the truck. I'll give you the keys to my truck right now, but you, I just can't help a whole lot. I hate to be mean. But, man, meetings. Man, you guys have meetings. You have meetings. You have meetings. You have meetings. I don't know, anybody just gotten a meeting, death by meeting? Anybody like that? All right. Yeah, you, got, you know what I'm talking about. Why do you have the meeting? Because you had the meeting prior, right? There's no real meaning, reason. It's just because you've always had a meeting, right? Like, maybe you should challenge the fact that we're meeting. Why are we meeting? Maybe it's a work schedule. Man, maybe you're just working so many hours, so many hours, so many hours. I would encourage you to squeeze down your work hours. Man, to have a quality. I don't know if you can do that if you're not, like, self-employed or whatever. But, man, squeeze down your work hours. You know, it's funny, like, when you uh, go on vacation, you got to be out of town on Friday. You know what I'm talking about? But you get everything done in four days. It's a miracle. You know, it's because of the quality of the work. And so I would encourage you to have quality work time. 
Be focused in your quality time. Get more done in less time because you're focused. You know, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. Man, we can't say yes to good things. We're going to say yes to great things. It's not only cut back, but throw out. Man, some of us need to throw out a lot of stuff. You know, talking about we need to clean up the clutter. Man, we need to throw out like our life depends on somebody. We need to throw it out, man. You got to go crazy. Man, the kids should think they're next. I mean, that's what Dave Ramsey says, right? Makes the kids think they're next. We go Marie Kondo on some stuff. That's what my wife loves to do. This thing sparking joy? No, throw it in the trash, you know, or give it away. I told my wife, I said, man, if I did that, we wouldn't have kids anymore. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say that. They spark a lot of joy. I'm just joking. Come on, everybody. All the dads are laughing. The wives are like, oh. I'm not making any friends with any ladies in the house today, man. I don't know what's going on. But man, you think about it, just throw something out. You know, we always have a plan to buy something. We're thinking about it, obsessing about it, and we save for it or just spend it, and then we get it. We never have a plan to get rid of it. Never have a plan. No one had a plan to get rid of it. No one ever thought about I should get rid of some stuff. What a crazy idea. But I mean, a plan to get rid of it. Man, I want to challenge you with this. I want to challenge you with this. Somebody's going to do this, and somebody's going to post it. I know they're going to do it. I'm going to challenge you to go home in one hour. You can probably find 200 things in your house. I'll bet you can find maybe more. 200 things in your house that you can get rid of right now, maybe turn the trash can and give it away, that you would not miss for one second. Man, think about your closet. There's stuff in there you haven't worn in years. Let's be honest, it hasn't fit in years, right? Like, it's not working out. I mean, our cabinets are full, things are falling out everywhere, our garage is maxed, our sub-basement's maxed, our attic, you're squeezing stuff with a little hole in the attic just so you can keep it. And then we rent more space, right, and pay for that space called a storage unit, and it's full. Man, it's magic. The higher space you have, you never have enough space. You always have to have more and more stuff. Man, who's going to take the 200-item challenge? Am I going to do that this morning? Come on, I challenge you. Hey, I'm going to up it up for you. If you're going to take the challenge, you're going to have every person in your house find 200 items. Not even better. Good job. Look for 800 items today. You can do it. That's right. They'll appreciate what they have more and they have less. Okay, I'll stop. So, so throw it out. Cut it back. And last thing is turn it off. Man, turn it off. What can we turn off in life? <laughs> Somebody, somebody's preaching. You guys know my message. I'm done. God's already speaking to you, right? Man, turn off that television, that giant 50-inch television. Man, we spend so much time watching TV. Man, you, somebody's got to tweet me on this. Somebody's got to post this, man. Nobody is going to change the world by watching reruns. Not a single one of us is going to change the world by watching a rerun. Man, that's convicting, right? You're like, dang it. Nobody's going to change the world by watching a rerun. Not a single one of us are going to go watch TV. There's, there's like zero investment. It's fun. You can do it. There's a time for it. But man, some of us were so addicted to that television. That's like all we do. We just turn on this watch and our world's around us. And our, you know, we eat dinner around the TV. We sit around the TV. It's just all the time TV. And that's all we do. And it's become such a main focus of our life. Man, I'm going to meddle in somebody's business today. We've got to turn off the phone. Like just let it go, right? Let it go. I'm mean, like physically let it go. I'm not even saying turn it off. Let's just say let it go, right? Like physically just take it out of your hand and set it down. Like, put down the phone. And you guys carry it everywhere, right? I mean, you're in the car driving. You shouldn't be doing it, but you're doing it. You're in a Taco Bell drive-thru, right? You're in bed. You're pooping with your phone. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You're everywhere with your phone. It's like, it's just like part of you, like Mr. and Mrs. It's like with you. I mean, just marry your phone. It's everywhere you go. No matter what you do, you're, it's so sad. You go like Jose Peppers and, and the family sitting there, and they're all just on their phones. <laughs> Turn off the iPad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But they're on their phones, right? I mean, nobody's connecting. Nobody's having a real conversation. They're just following whatever the world puts in front of them. And, you know, there's a place for your phone. I mean, I, I, you got to use it. But, man, we don't spend so much time on our phone. It goes everywhere with us. It's, it's like it's married to the thing. And so I would encourage you to set some boundaries to your phone. Set some stuff with your screen time. You know, for us, and it's easy because our kids are so small, there's no phones at the table, right? Now, we did have teenagers once, and that was fun. <laughs> But no phones at the table. I mean, family time, no phones. There's a day in the week, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to fall on my phone. It's not going to fall on me. It's going to be dead. I didn't charge it. It's sitting there. 
All right, Monday, if you call me on Monday, somebody best have died because I'm not picking up. All right, and if I get an emergency call, I'll take it. But man, I'm gonna spend time with my family. It's my Sabbath day. Like there's nothing that I can't fix on Tuesday. There's nothing, there's no emergency in life that I can't call somebody back on. Like I don't need that thing every second of the day. I try to keep up with all my voicemails, all my stuff. But man, I, I can live without it. Like we got to find some boundaries in our life to turn it off, to get rid of the clutter in our life. Man, we got to focus on what matters most and let go of what doesn't matter. Second thing is this, I'll end with this. Man, fight for what matters. Somebody say fight. Fight. Fight for what matters. And you got to fight for it. I mean, you got to let go of things that don't matter. But man, you got to fight. I mean, you got to make a choice. I mean, you can't tolerate it anymore. That you're going to fight for the best things in your life because if nobody's going to fight for it, it's going to be you because nobody else is going to. So you got to fight for your family. You gotta fight for that time. You gotta fight for time with God. You gotta fight for the things that God wants you because everything else in the world is gonna pull you away from it. I love what Nehemiah said when people were talking to him saying, we shouldn't rebuild these walls. Enemies are coming after him saying, we don't need these walls up around Jerusalem. And Nehemiah says this to encourage people. He says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. He said, and fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Man, sometimes you gotta fight for what's important in your life. Man, you gotta draw a sword. Come on, somebody, this is fun, right? We gotta get a sword out. We gotta be a man of God and fight for our family. Be a woman of God and fight for your family. And we can't buy the lie that more is better. It's just not better. Come on, is it working out for Hollywood? I don't know anybody that has stuff and is super happy about their stuff. I know a lot of people have stuff and they just have no family and have no security in their life and they have no faith, but they're searching. So they're coaching little league teams and they got millions of dollars, but they can't find purpose in life. Man, it's not all about the stuff. I'm just here to tell you something so important, man. Your life is too valuable. Somebody's gotta listen to me. Your life is too valuable. I mean, your time is too short. Your calling is too great on your life. Your God is too good for you to waste your life on stuff. Are you listening? Your life is too valuable. I mean, there's something important you've got to do. You're on a race. And stuff is hearing you. It's too important. You got a calling that's too great. You've got to go where God's calling you to go. You can't surrender to the things of this world. Man, God is too good. I mean, you serve a God that loves us and wants the best for us. He has a plan for your life. It's worth your life to serve him. Get rid of the stuff. Man, get rid of the stuff that's not important in your life. Man, let it go. If you had 30 days to live, what would you do this month? What would you do? Man, I'm gonna encourage you to live it out for the cause of Christ. You know, I used to run a company. In that company, we did snow removal. Come on, snow removal people, you're in the house. There's a few, you, a few of you know what I'm talking about. And it started real easy. I had a snowblower and I did driveways. I did 25 driveways a, a season. Or every time it snowed, I'd do driveways. And then a couple years into it, I got a truck because more is better, right? So I got a plow and I'm plowing. Now I'm plowing driveways. That's always fun, right? And then I, then I decided I was gonna get, get a salter and another truck because more is better, right? So I got a salter and another truck and a plow and a truck and a plow and a, and a, and a, and a snowblower because I know this because I'd lived it for so long. So now we're, now we're in commercial accounts. Now it's getting busier and bigger. And then next year, I'm like, man, more is better. So I'm gonna get a second truck on top of my other truck. And then I'm gonna get another salter and a plow. And then another year, I'm gonna get a skid steer. I'm gonna get an S650, because that's a cool skid steer, because it's got a lot of power. I can push a lot of snow. So I'm gonna get more and more and more, and my accounts are getting bigger. And at one point, I started working under a guy named Barry, believe it or not. He's working for a big contracting company and he was my boss, I was some contractor. I'll tell you that Barry's a tough guy to work for. And uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, Barry was the best boss, I promise you, the best boss I've ever had in my entire life. I loved working for that guy. But man, I started picking up more and more work. Barry's like, these other guys aren't working out. You wanna take this sidewalk and take this route? I'm like, sure, sure, because more is better. Come on, somebody, more is better. If you know anything about a snow, you don't leave town between late October and mid-April. And if snow's in May, it snowed on my birthday before, okay? And it snowed in October before. And so you can't plan a vacation. 
You can't plan to be that around for any holidays. And when you go in the snow, I just want you to know, if it looks like it's in the snow, you gotta move plows, you gotta put soldiers on, you gotta move ice melt. Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Barry's feeling conviction right now. You gotta do this. It's, if it looks like it's in the snow, you're already lost 24 hours. It hasn't snowed. People are calling you, you gotta get your crews together. I mean, you're busy. I'm working at church, I'm trying to serve God, but I've got all this snow business going, all this stuff's going crazy. And if it actually snows, you're gone for no joke, 30 to 40 hours average. Man, one snow, I'm not even joking. This is not an exaggeration. I worked for 75 hours straight during a snow. I'm not even joking. I was hallucinating. I was seeing people flying kites and dragons. And well, I was, it's not good for you. It's not OSHA approved, okay? It's not a good time card. But man, I'm just going and going. I'm gonna tell you something, man. You can't, you can't say yes to everything. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And when God spoke to me and said, hey, Sean, guess what? Maybe you should take all that time and energy and finance and resource and use it better. Because you're selling for something so much less because anybody can push this snow. I've called you to a race. This isn't the race I have for you. I was like, okay, God, you know, like I put so much energy in this and so much time in this. And all my friends, all my contracting buddies, all my employees, everybody I worked with said, man, how do you actually get out of snow business? You owe so much stuff. You own all this. You have so many network. You make money on this. How do you do that? And it's simple. You just got to stop tolerating settling for less. You just got to stop tolerating selling for something that's not that important in life. And so I said, I'm stopped tolerating this. I'm going to let go of my business. I'm going to sell. I'm going to let go of these contracts. I'm going to let go of this stuff. And I'm going to fight for what matters. I'm going to fight for the kingdom. If I didn't sell my business, I would never plant this church. I never would be a part of what God's doing in the, in the face of this kingdom. I'd never make a difference. I would have totally missed my race completely. I'd still be out shoveling snow and mowing grass. And that's what God calls you to do. Man, do that for Jesus. But that's not what God called me to do. And so if God calls you to move, I'm asking you today just to move because better is one handful and one free. I'd rather have one handful and a great marriage. Come on, somebody. One handful and know my kids. Come on, my dad didn't know me. But I'd rather have one handful so I can know my kids. I'd rather have one handful and have margin in my life. One handful and have influence. One handful and have love. One handful and serve Jesus. One handful and be a blessing. One handful for God. Man, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does today. Come on, Ecclesiastes 4.6. Man, it's better to have one handful of tranquility and two handfuls of toil chasing after the wind. Man, today we're going to choose better, aren't we? We're going to choose better. We're going to live the one handful of lives this morning. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray that your spirit would move in this place. God, that we'd be a one handful generation. God, that we wouldn't take too much of this world with us as we walk through it. God, that we live for you every step of the way. Man, as we pray today without anybody looking around, there are those of you who say, you know, honestly, Sean, I'm a lot like you, man. I'm a two handful type of guy. Man, I've always busy, I'm on the go, I conquer, I win, I achieve, I purchase, man, it's all about more, 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 but today I'm realizing my life is so full of all this stuff, but I'm missing out on what matters most, so across this room, if you'd say, you know what, I'm going to battle, I'm going to fight for what matters most, what matters most today, if that's you, would you lift your hand high across this room, tell me a one handful type of person, man, there's hands up across the room, Father God, I thank you for moving in this place, God, give us the courage to make difficult decisions in our lives, God, help us to cut back on our spending and our schedule, God, help us to throw off the things God, they're set, they're hindering to us. God, help us to turn off the phone, turn off the TV. God, make time for you. God, help us never to put something in front of following you. God, help us to make significant changes in our schedules and with our stuff. God, give us faith to follow as you lead us today. God, when everybody else in the world says, how can you do that? Why would you do that? And say, because I can't tolerate selling my life for something that's not the best. I want to live for better today. I want to be rich towards God, be rich towards my family. God, I will live for you. Man, as we keep praying across this room, there are many of you beginning to realize you're doing exactly what the culture is taught to do. I mean, you're pursuing what doesn't matter. I mean, some of you realizing today that just as Ab and Eve chose to pursue more and sinned rather than following God, so have you. That you have sinned, you have a sin nature, and often you're looking for the best in stuff and things other than God. 
Today, even though you've served lesser things, God has a plan for you. Man, I've got good news for us today. God sent his best. He sent his son, Jesus. No matter what you've done, he wants a relationship with you right now. On that cross, Jesus became sin and set us free to live out our divine purpose for him. Now you're made a life to him today. The Bible says that anyone that calls on Jesus will be saved and set free this morning. God wants you to experience his freedom right now. For those of you who say yes to Jesus, He'll forgive your sin. He'll move you, move you into life that you can live today on purpose. You can run the race that God has for you. So across this room, if you say yes to Jesus, yes, I need forgiveness. Yes, I need his presence. Today, I want Jesus. If that's you, you lift your hand high across this room and say, I want Jesus this morning. You'd be like, that's I need Jesus. Man, put your hand up. God's moving your life. Say, I need Jesus. Man, if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, man, I've lived for stuff and I've missed you, but thank you for pursuing me. God, thank you for giving me a race to run. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for my sin. God, I pray you forgive me. God, make me new and set me free today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. We give a shout of praise this morning.